0: Time to look at the world of film once again, and we're very pleased to be joined here by our resident film critic, Pierce Conran, in the studio. Good morning to you. Good morning, Henry. Well, we are going to be talking um, about the box office, again, an update on some of the numbers here. We had some relatively... Um, I guess relative is the term. Um, big audiences uh, during the summer, despite mm. the pandemic, uh, uh, the theaters then emptied out again and really more because of the fact that we moved to that 2.5 level social distancing scheme with the uptick in uh, COVID-19 Absolutely. cases. Uh, but maybe those fears subsided again Recently, and then Korean films returned back to the theaters just in time for the big Chuseok holidays, which typically is a, is a, a big time to to go uh, to the multiplexes. H- how did the numbers look? How did they fare over the holidays?
1: Uh, I think uh, not bad. Certainly encouraging. Uh, looking at the numbers themselves, uh, the business kind of jumped up about 150% week on week. I mean, there's a holiday bump you can expect, but that's certainly much bigger than usual. Mm-hmm. And that's after there was already a 30% uh, percent rise a week before. So there is kind of this kind of steady pattern of recovery. And uh, over the weekend, there were just over a million tickets sold, about two million over the whole kind of six days uh, for the holidays. If we include uh, if we include Tuesday evening shows, um, so that kind of compares favorably with uh, the peak during the COVID era in in in, uh, in, in August before things uh, okay. got bad again, which was about 1.8 over the weekend. Um, this included, we had a, f- a few uh, new local films, of course. There was also a mid-sized holiday release, and among the local films was uh, The Golden Holiday, which we spoke about recently, because that was delayed, one of those films that was delayed from August. Mm. Uh, um, among these
0: local films, uh, this uh, one film, Pawn, uh, has been generating quite a bit of buzz. What could you tell us about this particular film, and uh, would you say it's done well
1: enough to be considered a successful release? Uh, so, PON is uh, is Tambo uh, uh, or, or Collateral in, in Korean. It's a story of debt collectors uh, who. Uh, go to visit one of uh, someone they need to get money off and this uh, this immigrant woman doesn't have any money and she gives them their uh, her daughter as collateral and uh, and so they're holding on to the daughter and then the mother is deported so then they start to raise the daughter mm. and then she grows up into a woman and the woman is played by Hajiwon who of course the famous star who hasn't really been, seen in, been yeah. seen in a Korean film for a few years it's kind of like a big return to her she was doing some other foreign stuff she was in John Woo's film Manhunt a few years ago uh, now this is the new film from JK Film which is a big company that does huge hits like Ode to My Father and day or the Himalayas or another family drama like Keys to the Heart. It's done pretty well. It had, um, it had uh, about 820,000 viewers over its first six days. Again, this is all kind of relative in COVID era, but those are encouraging numbers, and it seems to be to – be, it, it looks like it might continue to do well.
0: Right, so if we kind of, I, I guess – just for inflation or grade on a curve, then it, th- those numbers are actually quite good Then uh, all things considered. Uh, so we can say it's a success, successful release. In your view, then, what what do you think makes this film so successful? And why would this be sort of like a, an, a perfect film or at a least a,
1: a very prototypical film for a Chuseok release? Well, it's certainly, uh, Chuseok as well as Solal are very much about families coming together. And so studios do like to crowd theaters with a uh, family uh, geared content so family dramas consider something like miracle in cell number seven a few years ago um, and uh, of course this year a lot of families opted not to uh, attend their family mm. gatherings there were various government uh, um, suggestions yeah. uh, about that uh, but there have been several local reports that are kind of saying that pawn success might be related to that That uh, since families couldn't gather that they they mm. instead of that they go they go to the cinema to see this family film personally I, I don't really believe yeah, that yeah. I think if you're if you're if you're not going to meet your family because you're worried about COVID, you're going to go to the cinema instead? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, but I just think, um, regardless of whether the family gatherings happened or not, so, still people, you know, um, appreciate a good family drama during Chuseok. In any case, the response has been quite strong, and uh, there is not a lot of competition. And assuming that things don't get worse on the COVID front, I think it could uh, it could stick around for quite a few weeks.
0: All right. So before we move to the other films, uh, in, in your view, Pond was... A, a decent enough film to, to I haven't just seen it yet. Oh, okay, okay, <laughs> but from the buzz you've been hearing, it's it's. Uh, I mean,
1: the the audience scores are, are, are quite good, and uh, you know the critic reviews are, are 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 decent. You know, it's 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 a family drama, so it's not it's not like the new Bong Joon Ho film or something. <laughs> right. But uh, but certainly, you know, in, in in the tradition of these kind of J K. film productions, it's it's just been generally well received okay. by the public.
0: Well, and that's in contrast now to uh, some of the rest of the films. How had they uh, fared uh, during these uh, Chusuk releases?
1: Uh, the rest of the films aren't doing so well. It okay. has to be. So The Golden Holiday uh, was unfortunately very poorly received. Uh, now this is the film that kind of had one of those infamous things where the press screening was the day before it came out. Mm. So that's kind of like, yeah, oh we, we maybe don't want critics yeah, to write right. it too far ahead of time. And uh, so the, the scores for that have been quite bad and uh, after it opened it's kind, of, it's, it's kind of seems to have tanked even more. So I think the word of mouth is not good on that. Uh, at number three we had the new Gerald Butler film Greenland, uh, which is a disaster drama. Now uh, viewers in Korea I suppose are lucky to get to see it in the cinema at all because uh, that film recently pivoted to streaming in America, so it's going to debut there on HBO Max. And then there was another local film called Night of the Undead, um, which uh, was kind of w- well received by by critics and people who have seen it enjoyed it, but sadly not many people have seen it.
0: Okay, so a Night of the Undead, uh, it's getting some business uh, overseas as well, uh, some interest there. Uh, I know that there, there's been a lot of talk of these uh, sort of... Um, zombie-ish or kind of horror-ish films uh, produced in Korea that have garnered a lot of praise, especially these Netflix uh, releases Mm. as well. What what do you think makes this particularly Night of the Undead, a, a special draw for foreign
1: audiences? Well, I think you, you've, hit the, you've hit the nail on the head. That's exactly it. It's a, This is another uh, kind of high-concept genre film from Korea, uh, and so that, that in itself seems to be a selling point. So it is it is selling well, certainly across Asia. It's going to be released in theaters in Taiwan and Vietnam at the end mm. of the month. It's also sold to, like, Indonesia, Hong Kong, Macau, Japan, and the Philippines. Um, and, uh, you know, it stars it stars Lee Hyun, who was one of the leads of Peninsula. So there's another connection to, like, high-profile Korean genre content and she plays a newlywed wife who whose husband starts to be, be, behave strangely and she hires an investigator who finds out that her his previous wives um, uh, all, all died mysteriously mm. and then perhaps maybe he comes from, from another world. So it's kind of like an, a sci-fi comedy version of the Bluebeard story. Um, and so, yeah, I think just that kind of high concept genre premise uh, and the fact that it's from Korea is enough of a selling point for, for foreign markets at this point. Yeah, and so when you think of Korean film, and again, I, I mean,
0: from a layperson like myself, not an expert like you, but you think of these kind of, uh, when you think of genre, you think maybe these kind of edgy thrillers, uh, melodramas, um, s- some slapstick stuff, comedies, uh, recently the zombie stuff. Uh, you, you see, a, You hear about a host of these films, but you don't really necessarily think of sci-fi comedy as
1: something that korea really turns out right oh absolutely it's uh it's not a common genre uh, in in korea but there have been a number of sci-fi comedies kind of over the years mm. and i mean just in general i think like sci-fi as well has kind of struggled in in korea mm-hmm. um is that is that like a budget issue because you, you, you i think for a long time yeah, it was a technical a budget aspects issue. of it right right and so actually looking speaking of the sci-fi comedies one of the big ones was from 2002 a film called resurrection of the little match girl which is kind of a notorious bomb it was the most expensive Korean film of all time and it mm. destroyed the career of the director Jung Seon-woo who was a uh-huh. great filmmaker in the 80s and 90s um, and there's there's a bunch of these kind of like uh, films that have been commercial flops but are, are either kind of uh, these kind of film ODs that are sort of interesting or have just generally become massive cult classics mm. like a Save the Green Planet which I think is now considered one of the great Korean films even though it did not do well at all in theaters at the time and then there's been a lot of like a more recent uh, B-movie indies that you see in festivals like like Bucheon like uh, Invasion of Alien Bikini and Young at the time extremely cheap kind of schlocky uh, sci-fi comedies that are, I think are quite fun uh-huh. um, and so you know these films are, are very unique they're completely diverse but the, the genre just doesn't seem to connect very well with local audiences and sadly Night of the Undead is a, um, continues that trend the only um, exception really is uh, well Bong joon because mm. he's made films I, we wouldn't strictly call them sci-fi comedies yeah. but certainly kind of you know sci-fi premises with com- comic elements like The hosts and Snowpiercer and Okja and those are course, do extremely well.
0: Right. And so um, we, I, I guess if you encompass the entire category to include those, then you can say that uh, it's a pretty diverse and uh, maybe somewhat successful uh, genre. Okay. So uh, moving beyond then the uh, Korean market, uh, some big film news over the weekend as far as industry uh, news is concerned. Um, Cineworld, this is a major cinema chain, uh, both in the UK and and the U.S. uh, apparently and uh, apparently suddenly uh, preparing to
1: shutter its uh, theaters uh, very soon? Uh, Yes, uh, this was quite uh, a big, uh, surprising news. You know, a lot of people back in the U.K. and America, and this is uh, uh, obviously kind of a, sent a lot of shockwaves. So what happened is that uh, the new Bond film, No Time to Die, uh, a few days ago, it it suddenly decided to to delay its release again. So they're going to release that, uh, I think, in April next year. Mm. And within a day of that announcement, uh, Cineworld... made made an official statement that they were considering, strongly considering to temporarily shutter all its all their locations in the UK and the US. Now, Cineworld is of course a huge cinema chain. It's um, it's the number one uh, chain in the UK. It's number two in the US where they operate the Regal Cinemas mm-hmm. chain. Uh, and they also operate in other countries. But I think this will only affect the UK and the US for the moment. Um, and of course, uh, I guess, I mean, No Time to Die is not the first uh, 10 pole to have been delayed uh, aside from 10 at everything, is delayed but I mean particularly for the UK no time to die I think was people exhibitors were really expecting that if, if we can get Bond back in, we'll get audiences back. But that didn't happen. Um, so staff were not alerted to this. So they found out by a kind of very, very sudden tweet that appeared online. Um, and now 5,500 staff are going to be, you know, probably made redundant in the next few days. And so, yeah, the theaters are expected to close this week and uh, not to open again until 2021. Yeah, so it's
0: a big blow. And obviously, you look at the film industry, and this is something that's been uh, repeated in other industries as well, and small mom and pops operations and restaurants and what have you, where uh, a lot of people's livelihoods are at stake and unfortunately become casualties in all of this because of the uh, pandemic. But specifically, then for Cineworld, uh, why do you think the move was made? And again, it seems so abrupt, so sudden. Um, Assuming that they do go ahead with this plan and they do mm. shut down temporarily next week,
1: um, well, I mean, obviously, a lot of cinema chains around the world have been bleeding cash for months. I mean, there there are these you know very expensive rental costs and and all these staffing costs, and uh, so that's just millions and millions out the door every week. Uh, and with these tent poles that, that keep delaying, you know, no time to draw, time to die might have just been like the the that kind of final straw that broke the camel's back. But um, I think we have to kind of look at the kind of a uh, COVID situation in in these countries. In the UK, it's not doing very well. Things have, have gotten worse again. There's fears of a, of another lockdown. And uh, I mean, looking at, at at America now as well. Obviously, with uh, with the uh, uh, commander in chief getting becoming a victim himself, that's that's not going to encourage people to to go back to cinemas. So I think there's just this this massive massive fear that it's going to be another more months and months. And I just heard just the, a few hours ago the big new film, Dune, which was supposed to be Mm. in December. That's also delayed to October next year. So this is not going away anytime soon. I think it's important to uh, contrast this uh, with other countries where it's going a lot better. Obviously here it's doing great. There was a report about, uh, in the last day or so, about uh, in Korea, we've had uh, something like 30 million admissions to cinemas uh, during the COVID era. Um, and uh, apparently, there have been uh, 40-something people, uh, infected people, have visited cinemas, but there have been absolutely no cases of any transmission at a cinema in Korea. Yeah. So that's a, that's a pretty incredible contrast.
0: I think the bottom line lesson to be learned in all of this, and it doesn't just deal with film, but it's also with sports leagues and all that going on. The biggest factor is, no matter how much the industry or the league is trying to make the situation safe as possible, it's ultimately the government and how they handle the pandemic Absolutely. that really determines how, how successful the whole operation is going to be. All right, Pierce, we're going to leave it there. As always, thank you very much. Always appreciate it and look forward to talking to you again soon. Looking forward to it. That's going to do it for us as well. Our producers are Kang Jin-soo and Kim Jae-san. Our writers are Choi Young mi Eun-ji, and Ahn Yu jung Coming up next, Life Abroad, hosted by Naseng Yan, stay tuned for that. We'll see you again tomorrow at 7 a.m. Until then, please enjoy the rest of your day. This has been Henry Shin. Goodbye.